2: I might be transphobic. Sorry. Uh, I've really never understood this phobic thing. I understand claustrophobic, you know, a fear of confined spaces. But I never got homophobic. Does that mean a fear of gay people? Because that's not how the word is used. It's used to describe someone who's unkind or unfair to gay people, but it doesn't have anything to do with fear. If you're white and you believe that you belong to the superior race and that blacks are inferior to you, you know what you are? You're a racist. But it's not called blackphobic. Here's the definition of phobic, by the way. Having or involving an extreme or irrational fear of or aversion to something, as in, she's phobic about spiders. Now, I'm not afraid of transgender people, but I am afraid of what's happening to society because of the promotion and glamorization of it. And I think it's a, a mental Ill- illness and that uh, people who suffer from gender dysphoria need help. And that's not just an opinion I, that I pulled out of thin air. If you listen to the show, you know it's based on conversations I've had with experts uh, who have been guests on this show. Now, I'm not afraid of gay people, but I have an aversion to a guy who shows up on the red carpet at the Academy Awards wearing a gown. I got canceled from the final word on WPXI for making fun of Pittsburgh's own Billy Porter, who made an idiot of himself doing that a while ago. I don't care if he's gay, but by showing up dressed like that for the Academy Awards, he deserved to be ridiculed, just as much as someone who's not gay would deserve it. He looked ridiculous. So I'm not afraid of transgender people, but I'm really scared by how what I consider to be a mental illness, is being promoted to kids by Disney, of all people. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how much Disney and most of the media have been doing that with our media expert, Jeff McCall. And we'll talk about a poll that shows that the average American thinks transgenders make up 21% of our population. You know what it actually is? 1%. And in our second half hour, we're going to talk to a national columnist who's been canceled by Twitter for referring to our Aunt Rachel Levine as him. Stick around.
3: Balance of Nature, changing the world one life at
1: a
4: time. I'm a physician, and I still see patients every day. And, you know, so I tell my patients about this. And they ask me, what are you taking? And so I tell them, taking Balance of Nature. And they go, oh, yeah, I've heard about that. You know, so I tell them how to get it. I give them your telephone number, 246-8751. And I tell them, call this number. And I said, they'll, they'll take care of you after that. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm primary care. You know, I really think that it works well for, for people to have fruits and vegetables
1: start your journey to better health with balance of nature right now call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balance of com for more information or to place your order shipping is always free and don't forget to get 35 percent off your first order as a preferred customer by using discount code balance moose is the german shepherd now 11 and he's been an amazing dog Moose is so active and so alert and hasn't had any kind of health problems at all. He has a beautiful coat and at 11 he'll still run and chase the ball. He has been on Dynavite since he's a puppy. Dynavite for life.
3: Because if they're getting all their vitamins, micronutrients, microbials from the beginning then you're not going to run into the problems associated with the grass, pollen, dust, dirt, fleas, ticks, you name it and the itching and shedding down the D-I-N-O-B-I-T-E dot com. We tell anybody that has a dog, if there was something that you could do right
1: from the beginning so that you don't have expensive veterinary bills, why would you not do it? Get the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy a dog will be.
3: I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-B-I-T-E dot com. Before Bamboo HR... <laughs> feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper and we literally had
0: People, learning from them, and then building stuff for them.
3: Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR.
1: We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com HR. This is
0: the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
2: Well, if you haven't watched Jesse Waters' Primetime on Fox yet, you probably should check it out. I I didn't think he was going to be all that good, because I still look at him, or at least I did look at him as uh, uh, Bill O'Reilly's intern or producer. But he comes with good stuff every night. And last night he had a poll that was done by YouGov, Y-O-U-G-O-V, and it was stunning. And I thought it was an indictment of the media. That's why I called our media expert, Jeffrey McCall. He's a professor of communications at uh, DePaul University and also a media critic for The Hill and foxnews.com. Jeff, good to have you back again. Appreciate it. Thank
1: thank you very much, John.
2: So, uh, is a poll that shows that Americans believe that 21% of the population is transgender when it's actually 1%, which is what uh, Jesse Waters had on that poll last night, is that an indication of the stupidity of the American people or an indictment of the media?
1: Well, I really think that this shows that the media has made a very specific point to try to push kind of a cultural renovation here in the United States. And they're fighting a culture war, and sadly, regular people are not yet fighting back. Uh, and maybe they don't know that this battle has already been engaged. But the fact that this YouGov.Poll uh, shows that people have such misguided perceptions of what the nation is like... Uh, really shows that they have been kind of worked in a sense by the media and it, and it, and it's it's not just the media but primarily the media because it's it's our educational system as well and big tech and people like that. but at some point it all boils down to messaging and the most prominent messengers in the United States today are still big media, and that's not just the traditional networks or traditional daily newspapers but it's social media as well it's streaming services uh, digital native news sites uh, but they've all kind of ganged up in a sense on the traditional values of our nation and I think that's really weird to think that these are people who are trying to disrupt the traditional values of a nation you know that's been developed over 200 years in a sense they're trying to remove memory uh, from the people and, you know, cultures thrive on memory and tradition and values and, and stability. And when you have media organizations pushing so hard on their cultural fashions, so to speak, you end up with people getting a misconception of what's going on out there. And you mentioned the transgender sense that, Americans think 21% of the country is transgender. I mean, by the way, I think you should always take polls with a little bit of grain of salt. But but UGov is a is a national polling organization. They poll for all kinds of different interests, Uh, and and we we do need to take this data seriously. Uh, But and it's not just like on transgenderism. I thought another aspect of Jesse Waters' program, which I agree with you by the way, has has been surprisingly good, and um, he's got a lot of great features and he's got some things to say himself uh, and you, you can tell he uh, broke into the industry at the, at the foot of Bill O'Reilly but anyway uh, another fact he had in there that was that when you ask Americans what they think the percentage of the black population is in the United States the answer was 41 percent when the actual number is 12 to 13 percent and so we have a kind of a cultural renovation happening uh, and I think people are going to have to kind of wise up, or they're going to find that the culture has been cut out from underneath them, uh, and there's going to be no way to ever retain it.
2: And I, I don't disagree with a word that you said there, but I also I wonder if uh, how much of it is uh, an echo chamber? Are, are the are, are the people in the media who are promoting this stuff? Are they? doing it willfully, and uh, are they aware that they're doing it, or, do they, or are many of them, if not most of them, repeating what they are hearing? And they're, they're, they're victims of the same stupidity pr- that produces this 21% number. They, they, they're sucked in, and then they're spitting it back out to everybody.
1: Well, a lot of the people who work in these big media establishments all think alike, and uh, as I've mentioned before on your show, where everyone thinks alike, no one's thinking very much. Uh, And it could well be that a lot of them are just going along with the flow. But I have to believe that you couldn't create this kind of cultural impact if there weren't people at the very top who are trying to say, we need to change this nation from all these you know, regular people who live around the country and they have particular traditional values and they love America and they might go to church on weekends. and they believe in fun, uh, and we've got to make them miserable, and we've got to disrupt and pull out from underneath them, you know, the kind of traditional standards that they have been uh, living with and working with for a long time. So I agree that there could be a some factor here of people in these big media organizations who are just kind of going along with the flow. But I really think somewhere along the line, somebody has to be trying to manipulate or to work the public. And, and the weird thing is, they're disrupting traditional stability and traditional values and replacing it with basically vacuous notions of of nonsense. And I think that's the weird thing is like, Hey, if you can convince me that our culture is better, uh, you know, when we have educators or people in the mass media trying to legitimize, uh, you know, counter cultural trends, uh, show me how that helps stabilize a society because it's really disruptive. And, You know, the the thing is, we we are a polarized society, but a lot of that polarization is coming from these people who are saying, we don't like the average citizen, we don't like the regular guys who live in Indiana or western Pennsylvania. Uh, We want to replace that. And we want to replace that with chaos. uh, And to to whatever good, I don't know, but somehow it makes them feel better and makes them feel like they are enlightened.
2: Yeah, and uh, we saw the same thing with... um with covid numbers uh, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me but I was just thinking about as you were talking there um, the the numbers of people uh, I think it was um, the number of people who were dying from covid and early early on the people were saying it was like 30 percent when it was 0.5 you know and, and it was the same thing it was the the media had created this hysteria and um, people listened to it just enough to be dangerous and so they this just the the sheer um, quantity of the coverage makes them believe that this is really an important thing. And boy, you know, if they're talking about transgender people all the time, there must be a lot of them out there.
1: Yeah, and and you know, the COVID example is a great one because for months people were misled to thinking things that were that we know were just even then we knew were not true. Like, oh, wear a mask and you'll be fine. Uh, and even when the vaccinations came out, everybody was saying. Well, if you get you know you get a vaccination, you're going to be fine. Uh, and then, of course, people were talking about breakthroughs at that time. But one of the things that was weird when the vaccination rollout happened is there were a lot of folks, particularly the ones who were being required as a condition of their employment to get vaccine vaccinations, who were saying, "Hey, I've already had COVID. I have natural immunity." And they're all told, "Shut up! You have to have a vaccine too." And we know now uh, there was a report out just this week that Pfizer knew at the time they were rolling out the vaccinations that people who'd already had COVID indeed did have natural uh, immunity and did not need a vaccination. But you never heard that from the executives of, uh, of Pfizer. And you never heard that from Dr. Fauci or the Biden administration or anybody else. It was just like everybody has to get in line. And I think that's the disturbing thing with these uh, entertainment organizations is that they're trying to force everybody to think and believe the same thing and to shut up. And, you know, they preach diversity, but it's really not a diversity of idea or opinion or value. It's we're going to promote kind of tribalism diversity, but everybody at some point has to believe the same. And that's a very dangerous place for any culture to go.
2: You know, um, we'll get to Disney in a second. You mentioned media uh, giants. um But the poll showed that uh, Americans also believe that 30% of the country is gay. That's almost one in three. Uh, It's actually 3%. So if you think about it this way, here in Pittsburgh, if 65,000 people show up for a Steeler game, uh, chances are that 20,000 of them are gay. That would be 30%, okay? Um, (laughs) They did a poll, and people said that's what they believe. But based on what we see in the media every day, should it surprise anybody that Americans are grossly misinformed because you can't see a uh, there's there's rarely a movie or a, or a television show, series, whatever that doesn't include a gay character. It just uh, yeah. it, it, they're everywhere and and it's so it's it's become like it's a mainstream thing.
1: Well, there's an agenda being pushed here and Underlying this agenda is kind of this notion like everybody deserves respect, everybody deserves to be treated fairly, and everybody should, you know, be free of harassment. And I'm 100% on board with all that. Who
2: who doesn't uh, dis, I mean, and, who do you know that doesn't agree with that?
1: Yeah, see that's the thing. Is the people who are pushing this agenda are making it look like everybody's out there to harass and shame or belittle other groups of people when in reality, you know, you know this, think of the listeners on your show, they are decent people who want to appreciate and respect everyone, and they're not out there targeting people because of their sexual orientation or their race or their religion or anything like that. They're trying to get along in society. But beyond this, just accepting people, the big media not only want to pr- push acceptance, they want to push approval, and they want, to appro- they want to push changing values. And it's one thing to say, I'm gonna understand and appreciate and respect all human beings, but it's another thing to say I don't have to necessarily approve of their behaviors or their political views or that sort of thing. And I think that's what is happening here is that there's an an, an advocacy effort from big media to try to get everybody to believe like the people who live in Manhattan Towers or run these big media corporations on the West Coast or East Coast.
2: Yeah, and uh, before we get to Disney, uh, another uh, little number here from the – from the, uh, from the poll is that um, they asked people how many, uh, this is in a poll, how many people, what percentage of the people in the country uh, make over $500,000 a year? The answer to that was 26%, and the real number is 1%. Uh, that's a little off there, uh, uh, Jeff, uh, I, 26 to 1%.
1: Well, and that kind of gets back to these kind of socialist mentalities that a lot of these people who are in the elite category, or as I call call them, quote-unquote, the enlightened, uh, that's the kind of class warfare that they're trying to create. That they're actually, many of those people are part of the 1%, but they're wanting to demonize everybody else uh, who might want to go out and make a living, and they're creating this mindset amongst the kind of rank-and-file or maybe the lower classes of individuals that think, that uh, they have to demonize and disrespect uh, people who want to go out and make a living. And, you know, I hate today this. I mean, I'm not in this category, but let's face it. There are a lot of folks who are making over $500,000 a year, but they're not necessarily living on yachts.
2: <laughs> no, no. Hey, listen, i I got I to gotta play a, a, a soundbite for you. Uh, this is corporate uh, president Kerry Burke of Disney. Uh, this was uncovered by Christopher Rufo from uh, some, uh, a Zoom call. It was a leaked Zoom call. Uh, and this is uh, Disney, a media giant. Listen to this.
3: I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually. Um, uh, one transgender child um, um, and one pansexual child. Um, and, and also as a leader. Um, and that was the thing that really got me because I have heard so much from so many of my colleagues over the course of the last couple weeks. Um, in open forums and through emails and phone conversations. And um, I feel a responsibility to speak, um, not just for myself, but for them, uh, to all of us. We had had an open forum last week at 20th, where, um, again, the home of of really incredible, groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years, where um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of, queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I, and I, and I realized, Oh, it, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories. And, and, and yet we don't have enough leads um, and narratives in which gay characters just, just get to be characters um, and, and not have to be about, gay stories. And so um that's been very eye-opening for me. Um and and I I can tell you um it's something that I feel perhaps had this moment not happened, um I as a leader and me as my colleagues would not have focused on. And and going forward, um I, I certainly will be more so I know that we will be and um and I hope this is a moment where shoot. Um, the 50 percent of the tears. <laughs> Sorry, I'm <laughs> coming. Um, uh, we don't we just don't allow each other to go backwards.
2: That's uh, <clears throat> Carrie Burke. She's the corporate president of Disney. Uh, this is a media giant. There's another video out there, Jeff, that shows a Disney World executive saying that they're training employees to no longer say boys and girls or ladies and gentlemen when they make an announcement. Uh, because 1% of the population might be offended. How dangerous is this?
1: Well, they've clearly lost track of the people who want to go to Disney or watch Disney Entertainment, because most of the people out there are not interested in those issues at all. And that's not to say they're hostile to them, it's just they're not interested. And she was talking about, well, we need to have a time when gay people are just characters and not gay characters. And I'm thinking, yeah, we do want that, but you're the one who's talking about having a certain number of leads or a quota For the number of gay people who are in leads Uh, you know certainly there have been all kinds of characters over the years uh who are from different orientations but i don't think this needs to be one of those things where you have to check off and make a quota because most people want entertainment and actually in most dramas it the the sexual orientation of a person is kind of tangential to the whole story that you're probably trying to run anyway but there, there's a lot to pack in that soundbite you gave. And it really, and, but for one thing, I'm thinking, why is this woman talking about her own kids uh, in front of her you know, corporate employees? I'm just not sure that that's appropriate either. Uh, but by the way, I'm glad that, that Christopher Rufo is the guy getting this out. I mentioned before that a lot of people were not fighting back in this cultural fight. But he's one of them, and I really appreciate all that he's doing. And for your listeners who don't know who he is, Look him up on Google, because he's doing a lot of writing and doing a lot of speaking, and he's taking on these people, and he's catching a lot of flack back from the uh, people in the establishment, and I think it's unfair and unnecessary.
2: And we had Christopher Rufo on the show before he became Christopher Rufo. He was on here a long, long time ago. When I first went on the air with his show, he was just a guy out in Seattle writing good stuff, and now he's become a big deal, and I'm glad. Um, so um, how much time I got left, Mike? I only have a minute and a half, uh, and we're talking to Jeff McCall. He's the uh, professor of communications at DePaul University and a media critic for The Hill. Uh, I, wanted to, I only have a little, little over a minute. Uh, the Washington Post is out on a different subject with a big story about Hunter Biden's international business deals now. CNN also talked about it today, I think. But CBS, ABC, and NBC, and we've talked about this have now gone 261 days without mentioning Hunter Biden's name. How much longer, based on what you're seeing out there, are they going to get away with that?
1: (laughs) I don't know. They seem to have dug in their heels. They might continue to go on for a long time. But this is a story, uh, and again, when a family member of a big-time politician gets in trouble, for the most part, that politician should not share in the publicity or any of the negative effects. However... When Hunter Biden is traveling on Air Force Two and his dad's vice president, uh, that makes it a story, particularly when he perhaps, and again, we we need to wait and see, but perhaps is peddling influence based on his father's position in the government. And one of the things now is, now that he's president, are there strings out there attached or are there dark holes out there that need to be investigated? Because we need to find out whether some governments you know, still have any leverage over the big guy, the president.
2: And the media uh, have beclowned themselves on this story and continue to do so. Hey, uh, Jeff, I always appreciate you coming on, obviously. Love to have you on. We'll talk to you again soon, I hope. I look forward to it. Thank you. All right. That's Jeff McCall. He's the uh, com- professor of communications at DePaul University. We'll be right back.
4: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The Biden administration
0: has launched a new website to help Americans navigate the pandemic. Here's White House correspondent Greg Cluxton. The president announced the rollout of the COVID.gov website. A one-stop shop where anyone in America can find what they need to navigate the virus. Tools such as COVID-19 tests, vaccines, and updates on infection rates around the country. He also urged Congress to pass additional funding for vaccines and treatments. After his remarks, the president received his second COVID booster shot. Didn't hurt a bit. Greg Clugston, Washington.
4: Officials say a member of the 3rd Infantry Division's Combat Aviation Brigade was killed in an accident this morning. It happened at Wright Army Airfield in Georgia. Division spokesperson Lieutenant Colonel Lindsey Elder says the
0: accident involved two UH UH-60 Blackhawk helicopters. This is SRN News.
1: About to compare a pepper shaker to a cash-out refinance. Hang with me. You know when you're at a restaurant and they ask, would you like some fresh ground pepper? And then they crank that giant tube but almost nothing comes out? For me, only a certain amount of time is socially acceptable to wait. I know that getting that pepper out might make my life better, but it just seems too impossible. And that's what we hear people say about the cash-out refinance. People realize that the value of their home has gone up like hot pepper the last few years leaving all this extra money sitting inside their home. But is it too hard to get out? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. If you're interested in cashing out the extra pepper in your home, we're good at doing all the work while you just sit back and relax. And often, your mortgage payment and years in the loan will stay the same. If you'd like to hear about your options,
3: we... Or a United Faith Mortgage. Faith
0: mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBAB, United Mortgage Corp. 25, Melville Park, Road, Neville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Federal or Corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Dr. Sebastian Gorka is just looking for competency.
3: If chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response from NATO?
0: It would, be, it
1: would trigger
3: a
0: response in kind. This senile cretin has just committed us to use chemical weapons against russia and he probably doesn't even know he did it america first with dr sebastian gorka afternoons at three right before john steigerwald at five on am 1250 the answer
2: head out on the highway are two powerful wheels. Riding season is around the corner and Pit Cycles has what you're looking for. This is John Steigerwald. Stop by Pit Cycles today for a huge selection of bikes from KTM, Indian, and Triumph. 114 models to choose from in a fun, pressure-free environment. With demand high and supply limited, now is the time to order. Pre-order today for just a dollar in Warrendale next to Jurgles or at PitCycles.com.
0: Pit Cycles! As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor, and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And on the Jenna Ellis podcast, she tackles the big cultural and legal issues facing America. Don't miss a single episode of the Jenna Ellis Show. Follow today at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at Salem AM1250 and FM92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer Mobile app, smart speakers, tune-in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic, we've got the answer.
3: We're still jammed solid on the parkway east inbound from Edgewood swissvale to the Scroll Hill Tunnel, inbound again from Second Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge, outbound from before the Boulevard of the Allies in the Scroll Hill Tunnel. The parkway west inbound barely budging, Poplar Street to the Fort Pitt Tunnel, outbound from the Parkway Center Drive to Carnegie. A crash in Ross Straver, this is 51 near Airport Road in the area jammed. The Fort Duquesne Bridge is also jammed inbound from 65 to the Fort Pitt Bridge. I'm Ann Evans, and that's a look at your traffic.
0: AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Winds will gust past 40 miles per hour tonight. It'll be mild with considerable cloudiness. We'll see a touch of late night rain. Those winds will be locally damaging. Expect a low of 59. For tomorrow, mostly cloudy, windy, and mild with a couple of showers of a thunderstorm, the high 70. Friday, winds will gradually subside. We'll see a couple of showers of rain or snow. It'll be much colder than recent days. We'll reach a high of 44. With your MACU
2: Weather Forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
0: The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
2: Well, you have to say this uh, for our Aunt Rachel. He sure does get a lot of people canceled. You know him as Rachel Levine. Sorry, Admiral Rachel Levine, the former health secretary for Pennsylvania who uh, sent thousands of seniors with COVID back to nursing homes and may have caused thousands of deaths when he did it. He changed his name from Richard when he was 54. If you refer to him as him on Twitter, you'll be deplatformed. John Daniel Davidson is senior editor at The Federalist, and it happened to him. He joins us now. John, thanks for being here.
4: Thanks for having me.
2: So uh, when you referred to Rachel as a man, were you expecting to get booted?
4: Uh, I wasn't really sure because Twitter can be so uneven in how they enforce their terms of service and their rules. Um, Certainly, I knew it was a risk. And certainly I knew that other people had been locked out of their accounts for doing the same. But I thought, you know, at some point we just have to call a man a man and we have to refuse to play this game that Twitter wants us to play and refuse to go along with their crazy rules. So uh, I knew there was a risk, but I did it anyway.
2: Yeah, I was suspended uh, by Twitter a couple months ago for, for saying, I forget what exactly it was I said, but they didn't like and uh, I uh, made the mistake of um, uh, canceling the tweet, which I won't do again. Um, and I admire you for not doing it. But um, I, 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 you're not going to cancel the tweet, are you?
4: No, I'm not. Because canceling, you know, deleting the tweet would sort of be an acknowledgement that um, you know I accept uh, Twitter's version of reality, in which mm-hmm. calling Rachel. Levin, a man, constitutes hateful conduct. And as I argue in the piece, I think it's just the opposite. I think uh, obliging uh Mr. Levin in, in this sort of dangerous delusion that he's a woman uh, is itself hateful and not very compassionate and in fact quite cruel. So uh, I won't be deleting the tweet uh, uh, ever.
2: And uh, uh, when is that going, when are more people going to do this? Because there are a lot of smart people out there um, who will not um, do it, and who will think it's ridiculous, maybe, uh, privately, if, if not publicly, but still refer to him as her or she, um, even though they yeah, think it's ridiculous. That's what gets me.
4: Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people uh, will will avoid calling Richard Levin a man because they don't want to lose their Twitter account. For the same reason, you know, this is a, kind of a small version of a big... Fo- a uh, phenomenon that happens, you know, major us corporations and their CEOs and, uh, you know, hedge fund investors go to China and do business in China. And they are careful not to say things that will threaten their business in China. They don't want to talk about the Uyghurs. They don't want to talk about human rights abuses. They don't want to talk about any of those things. And they make sure not to, so that they don't get booted out of China. Uh, but you know, you have to sort of agree to participate a little bit, uh, maybe a lot, in lies to do that, and in unreality, and you have to, in the case of China, do what the dictator says uh, in order to keep your, your business going over there, uh, and, and that's essentially what these social media companies are doing. And it's, you know, right now it's saying that Rachel Levin is a man will get you locked out. Uh, but tomorrow, it's going to be something else. It's going to be, you know, speaking against abortion or speaking against critical race theory in the schools. And and eventually, they're going to ban a whole lot of people and not just uh, the, the, the few that they've banned so far.
2: Yeah, I, my favorite, uh, John, is um, a, stor- a story I saw in reference to uh, Leah Thomas, who used to be Will and is a man. You know, I'm sure you know about him for people who don't, if you haven't sure. heard by now. He's a uh, a guy who swims for the uh, uh, University of Pennsylvania women's swimming team. Um, and there was a story about him uh, being in the locker room with these women and uh, exposing himself. Uh, yep. And the sentence was written something like this. The women's – some of the women expressed uh, uh, dismay over the fact – that she displayed her male genitalia in the locker room. Somebody wrote that yeah. sentence, John. I mean, how, how did we get to that point?
4: Yeah, then down the rabbit hole we go into into unreality. Uh, it, it's it's crazy. It is uh, a rejection of reality and reason. And at some point, we just have to say, you know, what, I'm not going to participate in this. I'm not going to play along with this. Not only because it's not real, you know, and, and I'm, I'm lying by going along with it, but because it's cruel. You know, and I make the point in my column today that, you know, you would never say to a person who has anorexia that they, they really are overweight and they really should, you know, continue to restrict what they eat and they really do need to lose. But you never affirm them in, in a dangerous delusion that could kill them. And that is essentially what we as a society are doing to transgender people who think that they're a member of the opposite sex. We're affirming them in a dangerous delusion. And, uh, you know, it has to stop. And, and uh, either Twitter's going to kick off everybody who rebels um, and, and they're going to purge their users, or we're going to start treating them like common carriers and Congress is going to come in and, re- and, and, and regulate them and say you can't discriminate between users based upon what they say, any more than the phone company can discriminate customers based on what they say over the phone.
2: Uh, That's a great comparison. In in my last segment, I mentioned that a poll by YouGov, showed that Americans on average believe that 21% of the country is transgender when it's actually 1%. I actually, that's what the poll said, it's 1%. I've seen it as 0.5% many times, so I think it's less than 1%, but... How did that happen? That 21% of the people in the country think, I mean, that people in the country think that 21% of our population is transgender. One in five.
4: Well, pe- people think that because that's what they hear from the corporate media, that's what they hear from Hollywood, that's what they hear from big tech, that's what they hear from the U.S. government, and that's what they hear often from just their own local government and what the teachers are teaching in the local public schools. The you know this kind of you know radical gender transgender ideology has uh, you know it, it has captured our institutions, and so people are under the impression that it's a very widespread thing when in fact it, it's not at all. Uh, and one of the effects of that of of this ideology that's being pushed, especially on kids, and you, you see this among. Especially among young girls and teenage girls, the number of, of girls that are identifying as uh, transgender or queer it, it has skyrocketed. It, it hasn't, you know, it hasn't increased by fifty or seventy five percent. It's increased by thousands of percentage points just in the last few years, uh, and, and that's because it's in vogue, and, and they think that they're supposed to uh, feel this way. Because the people in their lives who are in positions of authority are telling them that they should.
2: That's a good thing. Anorexia never reached that level of glamorization. Like it's wonderful to be so skinny that you look like you're going to die any minute. Yeah, and part of the reason it didn't is because you'll die. You'll die yeah, from it. Yeah, and,
4: yeah right, you right. Know, the, 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 th- the thing about being transgender is that it won't kill you, but it will put you at severe risk for, uh, you know, uh, mental illness, depression, drug and alcohol abuse, and suicide. And we need to start talking about that, frankly, because, you know, we're putting people in danger by affirming this garbage.
2: Uh, We're talking to John Daniel Davidson, he's senior editor at The Federalist. Uh, John, you have a guy who's written pieces at The Federalist. We've had him on the show here multiple times. Walt Heyer, he's the guy who uh, transitioned to a woman, lived that way for eight years, and and transitioned back. Nobody, nobody uh, is louder than he is about his refusal to accept the stupidity and to refer to people like Leah Thomas as she or her. And uh, we need more people like Kim.
4: That's right. And he speaks not only from his own very powerful personal experience, but also because he hears from people all over the country that the mainstream media don't want to interview and don't want to get their stories out there. People who are in a similar situation that he was in, who have transitioned, who want to transition back, who regret it. People who have had surgeries, people who haven't had surgeries, people who have been taking hormone uh, blockers or taking hormones. And he hears their stories all the time. And he says there's a lot of people who regret going down this path, But they don't have a voice in the media because it's against the mainstream narrative that this is a harmless and good thing that we should affirm. Uh, And he is really, uh, you know, sort of a voice in the wilderness on this right now.
2: Yeah, and you uh, have—we talked about this in our last segment with uh, a a person I bring bring on here as a media expert. His name is uh, Jeff McCall from DePaul University. Uh, And I mentioned, uh, and there are videos out there. I don't know if you've seen them today. There are a bunch of videos out there from Disney um yep. ver- various executives who were caught uh well, who were on a Zoom call and I I guess it was leaked Christopher Rufo picked them up but yep. they've taken this to the point this is just stunning to me that they 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 will not say boys and girls or ladies and gentlemen anymore at um Disney World when they're making an announcement because someone one of the 1% of the people who might be there uh could be uh, transgender. This so this is not something that's a minor problem. It's this is Disney World. This might be the most popular uh location on on in in the United States for kids by the way. Well, di-
4: yeah, exactly. Disney's made their bed and they're going to have to lie in it now. They just alienated about half their customer base uh with that. You know, the mask is off and we see that Disney is uh, not interested, really, in protecting kids from this kind of stuff. They're interested in promoting it. Uh, you know, some have accused them of of being groomers, of wanting to, uh, you know, get kids interested in sexuality uh, and to talk about it constantly. Uh, they should have nothing to say about any of this. Their whole brand, their whole uh, corporation, has been built up over generations to be about children and family entertainment and these discussions of sexuality and what, you know, frankly, are uh, sexual pathologies have no place in Disney. And so I hope that they have a massive defection of customers and viewers and families who say, you know, we're done with Disney. This is disturbing. This is wrong. And we're not going to not only we're we not going to go to Disney World, we're going to cancel Disney Plus. We're not going to, you know, view Disney movies, and we're basically going to boycott Disney. That's that's what they deserve, and I hope they get it.
2: Well, what makes me fear that that's not going to happen is that 21 percent number, because if people are walking around thinking that this is just, I don't know, I can't even say it without wanting to throw up. Uh, if people are walking around thinking that one of every five people in the United States is transgender. Then they will think, well, that's a good idea that uh, Disney is uh, not saying boys and girls because one out of every five people who come there uh, is is a uh, is transgender. So you don't want to offend them. I mean, they're wa- John. They're out there walking around thinking that one of every five people on the street is transgender.
4: Well, I I hope that, uh, you know, once they're done talking to the pollsters, which by the way, they they may be, there may be some confirmation bias in that. They may be telling the pollsters what they think the pollsters want to hear or not expressing what they fear may be a socially unacceptable view. But, um, you know, hopefully they come into contact with enough reality to disabuse them of that fantastical notion, just like the swimmers on Leah Thomas's team some of them finally had enough and spoke out some of the other swimmers in the NCAA women's uh, you know swimming programs uh, that had to compete against this guy spoke out because as sooner or later you know reality will reassert itself these people who are calling themselves women are not women uh and these women who are calling themselves men are not men they never will be doesn't matter how many hormones you take whether you grow your hair out, what you dress like, uh, or what surgeries you have, that's reality, and uh, reality has a way of reasserting itself, and I think that's going to happen here.
2: Talking to John Daniel Davidson, senior editor at the Federalist. Um, now, I see I see plenty of uh, conservative uh, commentators, writers, who are uh, refuse to, to to refer to somebody like Levine as she, or Leah Thomas, but I don't see a lot of Republicans with the guts to do it. People in office and you wrote a piece at the Federalist uh, with the headline, if Congress doesn't rein in big tech, censors will eliminate the right from public discourse. I'm sorry, but I just don't have a lot of faith in the Republicans having the guts to push this.
4: That's why we need to elect Republicans who get it and who know what time it is and who are willing to stand up to the mob on this stuff, because the mob is actually smaller than the vast majority of the American people. who don't want to have anything to do with this, uh, these lies and this sort of, you know, disturbing alternate reality. Uh, The problem, I think, for a lot of Republican lawmakers is that they kind of live in a bubble and they just don't get it. Uh, and so it's up to ordinary Americans and ordinary voters to make them understand that, uh, you know, going along with this kind of extreme transgender ideology is not something that we as voters are going to put up with and that we expect uh, our lawmakers to crack down on companies like Twitter that are censoring people for speaking their minds about it. Uh, I, I think that, you know. There's a growing awareness among Republican lawmakers that they need to uh, figure out what to do about big tech, that big tech is not, uh, you know, uh, these companies do not embrace or even value free speech. And that uh, the relationship that they have with the government is going to have to change if their behavior doesn't
2: change. I just wonder how many of them are walking around believing this poll, of, uh, uh, you know, who are who are, are contributing to that twenty-one percent number because those are votes. They're afraid they they are.
4: Well, maybe so. Yeah. Maybe maybe so. But but even, even you know, even if they do believe that, you know, you, you still have to have room. You have to have room in a uh, you know quote-unquote, liberal democracy in a constitutional republic uh, for people uh, not to go along with the idea that a man could become a woman, just like you have to have room for a, uh, a baker to say, you know, I'm not going to bake the cake for the gay wedding because it goes against my beliefs. You have to have room for that. And, and if you don't have room for that, then we don't have a republic anymore.
2: No, and, and uh, it scares me because uh, uh, I did my open to my show to say, I uh, said, I, I might I, I think I might be transphobic. I'm not afraid of transgender people. I'm afraid of what's happening to society based on the the attempt to um, not the, the the attempt to not offend transgenders and to glamorize them. That's the problem.
4: Yeah, and, and you have to understand too uh, that it, it's not just about
2: transgenderism,
4: and we saw this with COVID. This is about control and power and the ability of of these tech companies and the government and these people in positions of authority to make you do and say whatever they want you to do and say. Today, we're talking about transgenderism, but tomorrow it's going to be something else. You know, uh, we saw during the the COVID pandemic, you know, for a while there, you know, you couldn't say and you couldn't say a word against the vaccines, Uh, You couldn't you couldn't say for a while that the virus came from a lab leak, you know, or that it might have come from a lab leak. Uh, They are about a fungible reality. And the purpose of having a fungible reality is to have total power and control. And that's what this is about. So, you know, uh, this is why we have to push back against them hard. It's not really about transgenderism. It's not really about covid. It's about power.
2: Yeah. And uh, it's got to take some Republicans to, uh, as you said, to. if the the people in, in the Republican Party don't have the guts to stand up, somebody's got to come along to do it. I hope there's somebody sure. out there willing. I think Donald Trump was one, but, uh, you know, he's not there anymore. Hey, hey, John, I'm out yeah. of time. I, I appreciate you coming on, as always. Thank you.
4: Hey, thanks, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
2: Okay, that's John Daniel Davidson, Senior Editor at The Federalist, and we will be right back.
0: to speak the truth. We got a president who needs a cheat sheet to say tough Putin questions. Here's what I meant when I called for the overthrowing of Vladimir Putin. He had a cheat sheet. You seen it? This guy could be marching us into World War III and we're trying to be polite and tiptoe around that he's senile? Holy moly, we're in trouble. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM AM 1250 the answer
4: there's nothing like hearing the songs you love on local radio with no subscriptions
0: and no monthly fees but there's a new bill in congress that could stop the music if passed this bill would tax your local radio station simply to play the music you love
4: Text LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio stations. Help us keep you connected to the music, local news, weather, and traffic that you need each day. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters.
0: This is the John Starker Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
2: Oh, I don't have time to run the clip. Uh, we have a couple minutes left here, but uh, to, earlier today on MSNBC, there was a, a kindergarten teacher, a man, uh, and <clears throat> I'm looking at the screen on the on the video and uh, the 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 caption on the uh, the graphic below this guy on the, uh, during the piece that was being done on the show, the interview, it says Florida teacher on passage of don't say gay bill. They're still referring to it as the don't say gay bill. Nowhere in the bill does the word gay appear or does the word say or the word don't words don't say appear in it. But anyway, this guy's a kindergarten teacher. First of all, yeah, I don't know, but anyway, a guy is a kindergarten teacher, but, uh, He says, it scares me that I'm not going to be able to have these conversations with my children because they're not supposed to be having conversations about sexual identity and blah, blah, blah from kindergarten through third grade. He says, it scares me that I'm not going to be able to have these conversations with my children. I don't want to have to hide that my partner and I went paddleboarding this weekend. I don't know this guy's name, but Chief, I don't care what you did this weekend. I'm five, okay? Nobody cares. And here's the other thing. I don't know about you. I know I went to school a long time ago. I actually still remember the names of my kindergarten teachers, Mrs. Leathers and Miss Hamburg. That's uh, about 68 years ago. I, um, I don't remember them ever. I don't know if they were married. I don't remember if any – of course, I had a lot of nuns, so I don't know. But I – I don't remember if my teachers were married. They never talked about what they did at home. I didn't even think they were real real people. I thought they kept them in a closet at the school and they brought them out to teach us. I didn't want to know anything about that. My parents didn't want me to know anything about it. Just shut up and teach them how to, I don't know, what do you do in kindergarten? Don't, Don't color outside the lines. Leave it at that and shut up. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.
0: The John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group